0: What is it going to take for the wonder of God to be restored in your life? What's it going to take? And I say restored because if there's ever been a time that you've met the Lord, the wonder was there. Maybe for the first time in your life, you were overwhelmed by his love and his forgiveness and his awe, his care for you. Somewhere along the line, that was lost. What's it going to take for the wonder of God to be restored in my life? That's the question. That's going to be the current question for a while. What's it going to take for that sense of wonder about who God is and about his care for you going to be restored in place of all the religious stuff that we know by rote, but there's no life in it? I got a little hint this week of the wonder of God's love in Scripture. And it's challenged what I thought I knew before. And that's one of the things you'll have to come to terms with. If the wonder of God is going to be restored in your life, expect it to challenge what you think you know already. Because if what you knew was accompanied by the wonder of God, it wouldn't need to be restored. But I saw a little hint of the wonder of God's love in Scripture, and it's challenged what I thought I knew before, what I have accepted all of my life. To be is God's love. And it is gradually confronting and challenging the way I love, as well as my understanding of the love of God for me. And it's stretching. We say we know God is love. Then we filter that through our own understanding of love. Because you see, we can only relate to what we have. And so when someone says, we know God is love, we take that and we filter it through our understanding of what love is and comes out the other side with something significantly diluted from what really is true something more like man's love on steroids instead of god's love we know man's love but you know god's love is a little bigger it's like man's love but it's no And we lose that sense of awe. We see hints of God's pure love. But we conclude, that can't be right. Because it's not like what I have determined God's love to be. It's too radical. It's too preposterous. It's so different from what we've learned. Brennan Manning has this quote. Uh, I believe it was in The Signature of Jesus. I've read a couple of his, and I'm not sure. But I want to read it to you. I'll read read it slowly, maybe a couple times. He says, When we encounter the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ, when we encounter the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ, we must revise all our previous thinking about God. Read that again. When we encounter the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ, we must revise all our previous thinking about God. Jesus, as the revealer of the Godhead, Finds God as love. Let me add, if we have a concept of love that's outside of the way Jesus presented God's love, what we have is not God's love. Jesus was the representation. You want to know God? Here he is. You want to know God's love? Here it is. Watch. Now let me go back. When we encounter the God revealed by and in Jesus Christ, we must revise all our previous thinking about God. Jesus, as the revealer of the Godhead, defines God as love. In light of this revelation, we have to abandon the cankerous, worm-eaten structure of legalism, modernism, and perfectionism that corrupts the good news into an ethical code rather than a love affair. I'll read that part again. In light of this revelation that Jesus is the revealer of the Godhead, he is the revealer of God's love. In light of that revelation, we have to abandon the 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 cankerous, worm-eaten structure of legalism, moralism, and perfectionism that corrupts the good news into an eternal and into an ethical code rather than a love affair. What does my Christianity consist of? Does it consist of a love relationship with Jesus? Or does it consist of codes, ethics, morals, principles, theology? What does it consist of? Because Jesus came and revealed the heart of the Father. Listen to these verses. Colossians 2.9. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. All the fullness of that sounds like it's redundant, doesn't it? All in full. It's all the fullness. That's the strength of that. All of the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Chapter 1, verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Hebrews 1, 3. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact represent- representation of his nature. And Jesus comes and he reveals In its fullness, there is no other place to look to find out what God's love is like except in Jesus. That's the fullness of it. That's the completion of it. That's the representation of it. That's the expression of it. And it's in that context that we look at Jesus' life and we think, oh, yeah, but, and it didn't include God, it's, got, it's contrary to Jesus. Here's your homework. I, I think I need to explain that. Do you understand yet that you have homework every week? Do you get that? That is one of the biggest concepts that we're going to have to wrap our mind about. We have been so locked in to this legal perspective of what our meetings are supposed to be, where they're either a service, they may be a worship service, or it may be a preaching station, but it has nothing to do with the functioning of the body of Christ. We have homework every single week. Here is our homework. Find out what God's saying and share it with the body to encourage them. It should never take me to say, here's your homework. You got homework. Every week there's homework. The religious concept says I come here and I get something to get me through the week. Instead of I come here to bring what has gotten me through the week to encourage someone else to get through their week. I know we have those days. No, let me rephrase that. I have those days where I don't want to be here. I don't like you. I don't like what we're doing. I don't like the results of it. I don't like that people don't. You want to hear more? I've had a bad week. And there are those days that I come that I'm like, come on, man. I'd rather go hunting rodma ride my motorcycle. I know there are those days. Thank God there aren't many of them. Because I understand I have homework. Not because I am a pastor, not because I am the, which I am not, the head of the church. I have homework because I am a member of the living, organic body of Christ, and my responsibility is to stay connected to the head and bring what I get from the head to encourage other members, and that's your job as well. Well, that being said, here's your homework. Four passages. Let me give them to you. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. You can either listen to this later or write them down. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Luke chapter 7, 36 through 50. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. John 8, 1 through 11. Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 43. Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 43. I want to encourage you to go before the Lord in the context of those passages. Okay? You don't have to, you may not get past one of them. But here's what I want, here's how I want you to approach it. I want you to approach it with this question in mind. How does this challenge? How, what in this passage challenges my understanding of God's love and forgiveness? We all have a concept of God's love. We all have a concept of forgiveness. What's necessary to get forgiven? How do you go about be forgiven? What happens when you're forgiving? If you will approach this with an honest heart and ask the Father, what does, how does this challenge my understanding of God's love and forgiveness? I promise you, you will get challenged. And you will begin to see the awe of God, the wonder of God. It is beyond our comprehension approach it like this. Where does this reveal the wonder of God's love? As I read this and as I look through this, Lord, where does this reveal the wonder of God's love? I posted this this week. Father, I want to know where my comprehension of your love is flawed. Make that your prayer. Or something simple. I want to know where my comprehension of your love is flawed. And trust me, we've all got it wrong at some level. Okay? It's flawed. Our concept and our understanding of God's love is flawed. Father, I want to know where my comprehension of your love is flawed. And I want my experience with your love to far exceed my comprehension. I wanted to experience beyond what I can comprehend. I want to walk away from it saying, say, God, I know that's you, but I do not understand how you did that. I do not understand why you did that. Everything I know about forgiveness says, uh, no, 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 that ain't the way you do it. Everything I know about God's love says, no, that, that's, what do you, what you, what? I want my experience. I want to experience his love, the awareness of his love, the awareness of his, his forgiveness beyond what I can comprehend with my brain and with my mind. Okay. That's your homework for next week. How does this challenge my understanding of God's love and forgiveness where does this reveal the wonder of God's love father I want to know where my comprehension of your love is flawed I want my experience with your love to far exceed my comprehension I want to walk away from it saying boy no more now that you love me and I still don't know why You'll be surprised what the Lord will show you in those verses. Okay? Any questions? I'd look to hear from you next week, and then if we have time, then I'm going to follow up on it on some things the Lord showed me. Father, we are desperately in need of fresh revelation of your wonder. We need to see you beyond what our mind can comprehend and experience you beyond what our brain can contain. Shatter the illusion that you're like us. Shatter the misconception that we know, we know, we know. Bring us to the place that we stand in awe and wonder because, wow, we didn't know. Just reveal yourself to us. We bless you for being so good to us. Just name.